0: Simon, yes. Yeah, stop, stop looking at your phone. Sorry. Let's get ready to welcome Simon. Okay. Yep. Hello. Oh, sorry. Okay. Hey, I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's
1: okay. I picked the wrong time to zone. Um, I sent some uh, work emails that caught my eye, but you know what? That's unimportant, folks. You better welcome back.
0: Who the heck are you welcoming back? And we're gonna welcome back. Welcome back to another. Oh, right? can do it we can do it together. Yeah, oh, totally. yeah, yeah. Alright, alright. Okay, we're gonna try again. <laughs> oh, god damn it, are we gonna welcome? Right? Yeah. Somebody back. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. Okay. What...
1: You do. Welcome back to another episode, and then we both together say,
0: "Okay, welcome back to another episode of (laughs) Maybe Next Next Time." time. I am your host, playing with my (laughs) co-host,
1: Nets Nation. Are you ready for one of the best assistant coaches? You have ever seen. Ever seen. Uh,
0: We are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things, each and everything, Nets Nation. Simon and I are recording live and in person from just outside Rosendale. Yes. Lovely Rosendale has one of the premier... um, Mediterranean restaurants <laughs> on the main strip there called Garden House. Mm-hmm. Uh, lovely outdoor <laughs> setting. Really idyllic setting. Uh, and that some part of, is true. Some of the best hummus this side of the Hudson. <laughs> yep. Okay, but For sure. <laughs> we're not here to discuss uh, R- Rosendale? Mm-hmm. Rosendale. Yep. Okay. For some reason, that is just not... It doesn't click in your head. Though. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, anyway, we're here to talk about the Nets, of course, as we, as we do each week. And I always say we've got a lot to get to this episode. But, Simon, I hope, I hope you and our listeners are aware I don't like to lie. No there isn't a lot to, there isn't a lot to talk about this week, but there are a couple things, and we are going to talk about them. A couple kind of big things, substantial things. Mm-hmm. things that I think you, Simon, as, uh, as a suns fan, a previously in a previous life, you are a hardcore suns fan. Yes. And so as that, a, a former Suns fan, I think you are uniquely positioned to opine on the Steve Nash hiring of Amari Stoudemire as the assistant coach which you alluded to already. Tell us a little bit one about your days as a Phoenix Suns fan. What what got you so interested in that 7 seconds or less team? what role Amare had in that team mm-hmm. and what role you think he's gonna have on Steve's bench.
1: Right. So who is he's been named a assistant coach is the is the news.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was well, did I bury that in an rem- incredibly I- <laughs> long, drawn out and pointless introduction no, to this No, them?
1: not pointless. Love the setup. Um, and love my chance to to, to share with the Nets <laughs> listeners a bit of my uh, past as a uh, son's Suns fan, um, yeah, I, I started liking the, the Suns. The year was 1999. Penny Hardaway had just been traded to, from the Orlando Magic to the Phoenix Suns to form Backcourt 2000 with Jason Kidd. Penny Hardaway was hurt forever. That backcourt never really got a chance to click. Um, but I forever was a Suns fan after that until, you know, 10 years later. Um, and, and, um, but yeah, Amari and Steve Nash definitely formed a potent and very exciting, um, uh, pick and roll duo. They were one, you know, one of the best, certainly of that era, one of the very best pick and roll duos of all time. And I, you know, Amari was, was one of my favorite players. Um, so you know, I I think as we talked about last night, I I think it's an interesting move because I have always sort of seen Amari as uh, devastating as he was, especially in his early career before injuries. Um, it he was more of a, um, a talent forward player, mm-hmm. like a player who had you know was fearless around the rim, didn't mind getting contact, but was not like. You know, he wasn't playing, like, a, an especially cerebral game. He was catching the ball. He was dunking it. He was working in the paint. But I never got a sense. Like, the same way, you know, when, when people talked about Steve Nash being hired, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, but when you think about what, you know, what makes a coach, you would think about, like, a, a player who could become a coach. Like, it makes sense. With Amari, I don't know. I've never really... I, I don't know. I never got the sense of, of that. But, you know... Could could be great. I I understand it, he's going to be a developmental guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's what's your take, William?
0: No, I, I it's a it's nothing if not an interesting selection. Um, I th- I agree. I think the player to coach trajectory skews towards point guard Mm -hmm. to coach. Mm -hmm. Um, They have to think the game in a very different way than a lot of the other players. They obviously um, control and direct the offense. So uh, you don't often see a big man become a coach because, you know, you're usually – getting the ball because you're taller than everyone else, not because you've found ways to penetrate offenses, you know, defenses, and uh, you you don't necessarily have to rely on your craft and your your wits to get by, Um, so untraditional in that. In that way um, Also was never a guy Who I, I've, I've never heard any rumor That he had any interest in coaching mm-hmm, right. um, He was not one of those guys He's not like a Jared Dudley Where they're like Yeah he's going to pick the uh, He's either going to be an exec A coach or a commentator, but he's got right. a future in this league. Uh, never heard that about Amari Stoudemire. Um, in fact, I don't know. You could probably speak more to this. Um, I've never even heard that he was a particularly good teammate, <laughs> no, let I... alone leader. But is that that could be wrong? And I and I I didn't follow him much when he played.
1: Right. Well, you you know you've read the Seven Seconds or Less book, um, which I think painted him as I think a typical star player. I don't think any worse than than your average star player, but very self-focused, um, very, you know, had an ego that needed to be stroked. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't think, again, I I don't think he really like, he was not, he's not a Kyrie. He's not someone that like, you're like, Ooh, God, like, you know, Hurricane Amari's coming (laughs) through, like, you know, better watch out. But he was also not like one to sort of like pick, pick, Pick somebody up if they're feeling down, like give people advice on, you know, hey, maybe try this, you know, um, you know, or that sort of thing, like a strategic mind or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I like it because (laughs) it's so bizarre. (laughs) It does not fit into any narrative. It did not. Nobody (laughs) predicted it. You could have gone to any book in Vegas and Mm -hmm. not one of them would have offered you odds on Amari um, ever becoming an assistant coach. So in that way, it's another one of those Marks moves where you're like this Guy is different, (laughs) which is usually something that I roll my eyes at, Mm -hmm. but these are – gin like, that's a – hiring Amari Stoudemire is a genuinely bizarre move. (laughs) I have no idea if it's a good move. I have no idea if it's a smart move. I have no idea if it's a stupid move, but it is a bizarre move because – uh, yeah, I mean I haven't heard others or read any other reactions to this yet. Uh but I can, I have to imagine everyone is pretty surprised um, to hear this news. And so in that sense again, just fall back on that really um nebulous and boring word interesting. It's mm-hmm. an interesting an interesting move.
1: Yeah, I my last thing on this is just that I, I think it's a little interesting, right? Because they are a little weird. That so, Steve Nash has said, you know, uh, acknowledging that he's never coached before. You know, he needs to fill his his staff with with experienced coaches. And so, definitely, Jacques Vaughn fits fits that mold. Mm-hmm. But the people I have, the other people on his staff, or or people that he's tried to get on his staff that I'm aware of are Dirk Nowitzki, mm-hmm. who, who said no. Never coached. Um, Raja Bell, yep. who said no, never coached. Raja Bell, though, makes sense.
0: Right. He's he been a in the front of a, office. Right. He is a sort of a cerebral player, mm-hmm. or considered that. Definitely did really not. Good, really good commentator.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And as somebody who definitely did not play in the NBA based on his talent alone, His, like, freakish <laughs> talent. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a, he's a he's a working working man's yeah. NBA yeah. player. He's a lunchbox yeah. uh, a defensive minded player. right. and but so but all of those people have one thing in common, which is they've never coached. Totally. Um, that's a great so. point.
0: and yeah, we, we definitely needed to bring that up. <laughs> uh, I would have thought, Steve Nash or Sean Marks or whoever is calling these shots, Kevin Durant, Rich Kleiman, Kyrie Irving, whoever's calling these shots, would have surrounded him with Video guys and X's and O's guys and guys who have been through the grind of coaching an NBA season time and time like the Phil right. Handy right uh, types who have been on championship teams and know what it takes to like really connect with players but also like do the job because it is a job and it is work and um yeah you know I would have been. I would have been less surprised if the Nets had said they're going to do a vet minimum contract for Amari Sauter to play next year, <laughs> than I than I would have been to hear that he is coming to be an assistant coach.
1: Yeah, it's it is it is surprising, um, and it's yeah it, it it yeah I I don't I mean we'll we'll we will see I mean it'd be funny if D'Antoni gets on the. The staff and they just recreate maybe Sean Marion, right? And you just recreate, um, the the Sun's glory days. It's it's wild, uh,
0: but (laughs) it is one of the things that makes the Nets, um, endlessly fascinating, (laughs) yeah. And next year, so full of promise and. Uncertainty.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this, this is William's true commitment <laughs> shining through to be more positive.
0: Right. I'm trying here, people. But <laughs> when you're hiring Amari Stoudemire to be an assistant, yeah, uncertainty, I think, is a generous term to describe uh, what it's going to be. But you know what? I don't. Again, I don't. I haven't really followed his career. I didn't really watch him much when he was playing. I don't know anything about him personally. He might be a brilliant like basketball savant who's just like committed to the grind and wants to coach and be in the gym and get you know be able to get the players respect and all that sort of thing. Um, yeah, do you think do you think it'll have uh, if Jared Allen? Stays on the team or Nick Claxton, do you think it'll have a, a big impact on those younger guys?
1: Uh, and I, you know, hopefully, I mean, <laughs> both of those players are already better defenders than Amari ever was, <laughs> bless his heart. Um, but yeah, in terms of like, I hope my hope would be that with Jared Allen in particular, he could like try to bring out some of his, like. Ferociousness, because because Amari really was excellent at just fearlessly going to the rim and really relishing, um, relishing contact, relishing just being a destructive force down there. Um, that Jarrett, you know, has has the tools uh, to to maybe do some of
0: You're right. Um, all right. Well, well, we'll see how this grand experiment goes. Um... Are you uh, just a final thought on it? Are you optimistic,
1: pessimistic or or neutral on the on the higher i would I would say I'm closest to neutral. I don't know what this it's is. it's just too uncertain it,
0: too too um, <laughs> unpredictable to to have
1: a strong feeling either way. yeah, and I, I also didn't know that they were I mean that Nash and Amari were particularly close. Yeah. Um, I mean, I knew that about him and Dirk. And Roger, and, and Raja, but I didn't know that about him and Amari. All right. Well, um, to be
0: seen. Yeah. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know, are you excited about Amari um, being the assistant coach? It's out there. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right. So we're going to move on to the headline of the week, Simon. Mm-hmm. Headline of the week. The athlete, uh, This is the headline. The Athletic Paints Uncertain Portrait of Nets Chances in 2021. Uh, uh-oh. That's not good. Why uncertain? I thought we were destined for a championship, Simon. Yeah. So one thing that this art- – did you read this article? Yes. Then did you read the articles it was based on in The Athletic? Mm-hmm. The Hollinger one and the uh, the other one. Yeah. Um, one thing seems to be uh, quite clear, and that is that opinion of one of our two superstars, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> you could say it wasn't high yeah. before, but whatever it was before it is much much lower now it is plummeting yeah <laughs> so these are these articles were agents talking about the league like I forget how many were interviewed over 20 and John Hollinger um, so I'm gonna read a few of the Kyrie comments in this okay because it's not like we've never talked about this but it just seems like the the Kyrie now that it's getting closer to a time when like the the metal hits the road mm-hmm. or whatever
1: the rubber, meets <laughs> the rubber hit the, road, the yeah.
0: rubber meets the road right right metal hits whatever anyway rubber meets the road uh, like people are like the the, the microscope Mm-hmm. is is uh, you know focusing in mm-hmm. so here's one of uh, one line typical of the responses was this from the agents i think kd if he's healthy is the best offensive player and i buy nash but i give kyrie 2 months before he's a malcontent <laughs> so no That's a common response. Mm -hmm. Another one was, Kyrie Irving is a total loose cannon, and he's not doing anything to show us anything but that right now. That's going to be difficult. I hate to comment on people I don't really know, but (laughs) Kyrie is entering his Stefan Marbury phase. You can see it. It's there. Basketball is not a priority for him. And then I would say John Hollinger had the best singer of the entire bunch. He says of the Nets next year. The Nets have Kevin Durant recovering from an Achilles injury, Kyrie Irving recovering from a shoulder injury, and 15 other players recovering from spending a year with Kyrie Irving.
1: <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> I need to uh, use the okay, okay. Sorry, sorry William. No
0: problem. <laughs> we're back. A little
1: break. Everybody
0: good. A little live and (laughs) in-person break-ski. All right, so I just read to you a series of agents and John Hollinger zingers on Kyrie Irving, and this podcast certainly has um, worried aloud about Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving and his influence on a locker room, his persona in general. How do you feel about all these agents talking crap about Kyrie? John Hollinger talking crap about Kyrie. Everyone basically dumping on Kyrie right now. I gotta say, it's having the, the it's sort of like when when other people talk shit about your family or something, right. you're like, hey, that's that's off limits to you. Only I can right. I can do that.
1: Yeah, um, sure. yeah. How are you? How are you feeling about it all? Uh, um, I guess my only hope is that he has set expectations so low,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like, similar to, like, Biden being able to complete a sentence, and you're like, hey, good. Wow, sharp. Good. Sharp as a tack. Is he on a drug or something? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that like, hopefully pe- people's expectations are so low that he will create an incredibly toxic environment that, you know, if things don't totally... Erupt that yeah. you'll be like, all right, well, that's a, was a great year,
0: right? So, what do you think about that Stefan
1: Marbury comparison? So, worrying, right? Because yeah. I instantly think of that. Have you seen the video of him talking about Vaseline and eating Vaseline? No, um, well, <laughs> it's on the internet. I'm not exactly <laughs> advising anyone to watch it because it is, um, truly like watching someone at their mental worst, Mm -hmm. like going through an actual mental breakdown, but, um, he is like, good for a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He is like eating Vaseline. Um, and, and just saying, you know, strange stuff. I mean, he's not in his right mind. Um, so for someone to say that is that Kyrie is entering that phase. I mean, I think that's a bit much. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think he's in mental breakdown mode, I mean, <laughs> but um, you know, that's uh, that's certainly uh, you know you don't want that. You don't want that as your point guard. No, for
0: your team. no, you definitely don't. nor do you want it from the leader of your team, because as we've talked about, <laughs> yeah. KD is not seemingly the alpha here. Kyrie is is the alpha guy. So if he goes off the rails. So too do the other train cars in this tortured metaphor.
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: Um, yeah, worrying stuff. Stuff we've again worried about aloud plenty of times. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's going too far though. Mm-hmm. You know. You gotta hope. Yeah. Maybe he's, you know, he's just really is, I, you know, some I have been thinking lately, like, maybe we're being pieces of shit for not trying harder to understand Kyrie Irving.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Like, okay. are we, are we the people who are, you know, like, l- deliberately, um, you know, maligning something that we don't understand? Because he doesn't fit into whatever sort of box we want from, like, a leader or star or something like that, are we then just sort of writing him off as a freak show um, without maybe trying to listen to what he's saying?
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think he's very hard to sort of understand, mm-hmm. um, like, in terms of what he's saying, like, the whole, you know, like with both the time that he started to list players and that he wanted to play with and when he was talking about not having a coach. Like, (laughs) you know, as I'm describing, those descriptions of those two incidents do not paint a good picture, but both, if you listen to the actual um, quotes and context around them, you know, there's room to sort of wonder if he's just kind of not being clear about what he's saying. Because, again, oh. in, in both instances, he is not adopting a, like, the tone of someone who is saying, knows that they are saying something that is controversial and mm-hmm. upsetting. And it's just like saying it anyway. Like, a, you know, like... He's not being deliberately provocative. Exactly, He's just
0: telling it like he sees it. Now he sees it happens to... Um, You know, great against virtually everyone who hears it. Yeah. Um, But maybe that's just because we're, you know, trained to think about things in this very narrow way, and Kyrie's trying to expand and open
1: all of our minds. Yeah, maybe. You um, really have become a uh, Speaking, I'm not, a I'm not saying that's true. I'm not saying that's true. I'm
0: just saying, you know, I, I worry sometimes that in, like, 20 years they're going to write about, like, use Kyrie Irving as an example of, like, this transcendent star that was basically just shit on and ridiculed for being, like, an eccentric, weirdo, bad player. But really, like, it's just because we were trying to, like, fit him into some, like, heinous narrow box of what, like, a celebrity athlete should be. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of trailblazing player who... who um, oh God... I never remember these cliches, like plays by their own drum. What the hell is the thing? Uh,
1: dances to the beat of his own drum. Dances
0: to the beat of his own <laughs> drum. <laughs> Trailblazer. Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm, yes, he I'm glad has we're talking. up and fired his agent. Uh, and he's picked, I would imagine, someone he considers to probably be <laughs> the best agent in the history of the NBA um, himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he is going to self represent, mm-hmm. um, which there is precedent for. There are some players who who um, eschew an agent. Um, I don't really know what uh, the track record is for people who have gone gone that route. I mean. Just from an out from coming from uh, you know the perspective of someone who it's unfathomable that I would ever necessitate an agent. Mm-hmm. The role of an agent seems sleazy and shitty. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not like, how dare you get rid of this guy who's taking like a huge percentage of your money to do something that seems like it would inevitably happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of you getting signed to big contracts, if you're good at basketball. Um, but yeah. Anyway, what any any thoughts on on our trailblazer, the guy who's dancing to his own drum <laughs>
1: beat? Well, I found it interesting that he tweeted after this news uh, broke. He said to his I forget who his agent was, but that agent's name he he says that name and he says you know like thank thank you to that guy who I always con- will always consider my like mentor or something like mm-hmm. that. So. We'll, he at least publicly is trying to frame it not as like you know he was done wrong or he was dissatisfied, um, but yeah, it's an it's very it's a very Spencer move, right? He's he his is own probably shoe. the most self confident
0: <laughs> human being in the NBA or outwardly self confident, which right. probably means the most insecure player yes, in the NBA. Yes. But yes, outwardly projects to be the most confident man in the
1: NBA. Yes. Um, and little things like taking the contract he did, um, and you know, recruiting Kyrie Irving to the team, um, sort of further, despite D'Angelo w- Russell, <laughs> sort of, <laughs> sort of lets you know a bit about his insecurities. I think, yeah. But, yes, totally, totally, you know, does his own shoes, does his, you know, represents himself, has his own contract that's set up to... wanted to securitize his contract. Like, the, the guy is constantly doing stuff, and a
0: Yeah. I would say, you know, when we're talking about, like misunderstood weirdos of the NBA who do not fit like the stereotypical mold. Spencer Dinwiddie and and Kyrie Irving are a good contrast. Like, I think that... Spencer Dinwiddie can be obnoxious, and you can be a little eye rolly some of the things he does. But he is like legitimately interesting. He's very good at articulating like why he wants to do the things that he's doing. You know, like he's very clear about like why he's trying to essentially securitize himself. And it's, like, an out, out-there idea, but it's, like, an idea that he is presenting to people, and you can like it or dislike it, but it's, like, you know, he's thought it through. And the agent thing and his own shoe thing, you know, all of it's very, I think, genuinely pretty fascinating. Um, whereas, yeah, the stuff with with Kyrie, I I just can't get.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, and, and, and um, yes, I, I mean, I, I, I think... Spencer's like uh, MO along all these things does kind of like there is some sense to it, right? Mm -hmm. If you feel like you, you know, like there's an, you know, it's interesting to think about like securitizing your your contract. It's interesting to think about representing yourself, um, you know, and and not getting money taken out of of your salary. um, And like I, I do like when he's on on Twitter, like looking at like trades and and like kind of like like his his whole thing. Speaking of eye-rolly, but kind of interesting to me actually was like when he was he said he would go to whatever team right if people raise a certain amount of of money and that was seemed kind of like a catastrophic embarrassment. <laughs> but... Yeah, he but, raised like seventy two dollars. Yeah, but it right, but but it is like. If you think about it as, like, so many people, including us, constantly talk about, like, oh, what would a Spencer Dinwiddie trade look like? Where could he go here? What could you get for him there? Like, that's all... We talk about that's all like Twitter, Nets Twitter talks about. And so, having a player be like, Huh, wonder where I could go. Right. right? Like, what, like, that's perfectly it's, legit.
0: Yeah, totally. It's like seizing agency in this thing that you'd otherwise, you know, just like the natural order of things is like teams have ownership of you, literal mm-hmm. ownership of you, and they get to send you where you want. And he's trying to say, Hey, I, you know, if you do this thing that's not actually going to work, but if you do it, then I will have the agency to go to whatever place. Right. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's totally interesting. And, um, yeah, I think it's a good contrast, the two, mm-hmm. in terms of iconoclastic yes, yeah. <laughs> star star athletes. Um, Okay, one other thing I want to talk about, re-Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm -hmm. He was on The Jump uh, recently, and he was talking about why he's excited to have Steve Nash as a coach. And I think there's a line in here that I'd like uh, like your opinion on. Mm. So he says, and being in the position that I'm in, he being Steve Nash, he also had the kind of career where he played some of his best basketball late. So just a career arc and career path that I would love to uh, follow. So it's a match made in heaven for me personally. So Spencer Dinwiddie is basically saying like he's excited about Steve Nash, and one of the main reasons he's excited is because he feels like he's on a similar career trajectory to Steve Nash. In that, you know, people say like Steve Nash was better in his 30s than he was in his 20s. -hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie obviously got drafted in the second round um, and almost got bounced from the league, but now has worked himself into arguably the best backup point guard in the NBA, uh, arguably a starting point guard on a lot of teams. Um, Do you think – and he's he's not even to his 30s yet. Do you think Spencer Dinwiddie has the potential – to evolve into a actual star as time
1: goes on, like he's saying here. Uh, no, um, <laughs> okay. I, I I don't. I mean, I appreciate you know, f- you know, thinking that that would be good and that it's it's possible, but I, I really don't because I, I think of Steve Nash's glory as as you used to uh, as you used to make fun of in the in the uh, um, son's glory days was was like he had a ton of people around him who he was just like passing to um and you know that 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 was really his like value was 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 and so um, um, Spencer's biggest asset it seems like natural talent is just being fast and being able to get to the rim yeah. So, and not a great passer. I, I would say he's definitely uh, not a great passer. And, yeah, so, and I, I just don't know how, I just don't see an avenue for him to become a Steve Nash. And even if even if it was like instead of passing, it was him being a, a great scorer or something, I, I still don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't um, see how that's, how that's possible.
0: No, I mean, I, I I think there's some credence to his claims that, like, his trajectory is just going up. Like, he's definitely way better at 27, or maybe he's 28 now, but 27 uh, than he was at 22 and mm-hmm. has shown that he's, like, willing to put in the work and do the work and accept whatever role on whatever team. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't see because, as you said, he it would probably have to be not as a Steve Nash type player, but more as like a James Harden type player, mm-hmm. where he just becomes the ultimate scorer. Um, and that seems a little far fetched.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that he would really have to do is get better at three point shooting.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot, a <laughs> lot. I know he always. I mean, he's very, of course, um, self-conscious about that, and so always says, like, oh, well, that's because I have to take so many late shot clock threes Mm -hmm. that aren't good looks, Mm -hmm. but I am a really good shooter. Um, I don't, I just, I don't have, like, information about what his percentage is on wide open threes, but I would predict it's not amazing. Yeah. He's just clearly not a great shooter. Yes. Um... So anyway, be great if he did, and we're still on the net. Sure, right. Or anywhere, I wouldn't mind seeing Spitzer on another team too. So we've talked about in his trade episode, which you can go back and listen to. Um, all right, last thing, Simon. I just wanted to mention we are going to go to on Tuesday. We've been invited as block members to a virtual face-to-face meet and greet. Virtual face-to-face meet and greet with Steve Nash. Hosted by Ian Eagle.
1: You excited? Oh, yeah. Very, very exciting stuff. I, I hope some people bring, uh, bring some hardballs for Steve.
0: Well, I was going to say, if you're listening to this uh, before Tuesday at noon, um, Tuesday, October 27th, and you have something you'd like us to ask Steve, or Ian Eagle for that matter, uh, hit us up. Maybe next time at gmail.com or on Twitter or Instagram and let us know. And maybe we will try to get your question through to Steve Nash.
1: Yeah. Does that seem like a fair enough thing to do? Yes, definitely. Send them in. Um, what else would people send in, Simon? Send in absolutely anything that isn't uh, hateful vitriol to maybe next time at gmail.com or... At maybe next time on Twitter or Instagram, um, your questions about the team, trade proposals, thoughts on new uniforms, anything you want to tell us that will not leave us emotionally scarred would be very, very much appreciated. Right, like
0: who you think the next assistant coach the Nets are going to hire is? Is it John Cusack? Is it <laughs> um, Joan
1: Cusack? Could be Joan. Could be pro- anyone at this point. Probably cheaper. Why? Um, well, less of a star.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. John. John was a was an A-lister there for a little while. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, an a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My heart. He's a 15 year old boy. Right. Hi, Fidelity really, really <laughs> struck a nerve. Okay, well, anyway, thank you for listening. We hope to hear from you about really anything except vitriol. Um, and we'll go ahead and uh, see, ya see ya next time.
1: I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording. Of a favorite song. So while she lay there sleeping, I read the paper in bed, and in the personal columns, there was this letter I read. If you like King colada